Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack Spotlight Radio Network. We are there, Sports Radio, and we are here today at United Center, site of the 13th annual State Farm Champions Classic, an incredible college basketball doubleheader tonight. Michigan State going up against Duke in Game 1 at 7 o'clock, followed by Kentucky and top-ranked Kansas around 9.30. And it is time for a chance to chat with two of the greatest guards that Michigan State has ever had. In fact, it's time for another episode of Beyond the Three with Sean Respert. Sean, how are you? Doing great. Doing great, Jack. We're back again. I mean, we made it through our halfway point uh, last week, and it's just great That's to right. feel like, you know, this started as just kind of a playful project, yeah. and, uh, you know, here we are still going, and every episode, every segment seems to get better and better. I uh, really want to thank uh, John Garavaglia and Krypton Secure Solutions for joining us. And uh, so I'm getting a little bit of an echo here, it sounds like to me. But I uh, want to thank him for his support of this segment. And as you say, we are into the second 13. Couldn't think of a better guy to start with, Sean, than the guy who started the Mr. Basketball tradition in the state of Michigan. There have only been 44, of which John Garvalia was one. Uh-huh. Uh, and number one... Uh, there'll number never one. be another number one Mr. Basketball, and that is Sam Vincent, Sir Slam from Lansing Eastern, led the Quakers to a state championship, then came to Michigan State, led the team in scoring. Didn't lead the team in scoring four times the way you did, Sean, but three times. And uh, then, of course, was an All-American, first-round draft choice of the Boston Celtics, world champion his first year in the NBA, then moved on and played with some guy named Mike at this floor I'm looking at right now. Sam, how are you? Man, Jack, I'm doing great. I, it, it couldn't be better. I got a chance to be on the radio with you and Sean. What, what, what could be better than that? <laughs> well, maybe seeing you guys hit some shots for Michigan State tonight. That would be better. Ooh, oh, that would be a lot of fun. But unfortunately, I don't know about Sean. He probably can still shoot the deep three. For me, it's it's long gone. <laughs> Sean, when you think about Sam's career, uh, the only thing that could match it was when the cheering stopped. He has done an incredible job as a coach at all levels. Uh, yeah, we know that he coached in the NBA with Charlotte, hired by Mike. Uh, we know that he went overseas and had uh, international international basketball champions on the men's and women's side. Uh, we know that he is now in Florida and a tremendous project with Beacon College. Uh, Sam, can you tell us a little bit about that and the trip you're going to be making back to Michigan this week? Absolutely, Jack. Uh, you know, the, the, the college basketball scene had been the final frontier for me. So so I had a chance, obviously, to coach in the league. And my head coaching stint with the uh, Charlotte Bobcats was short, but but still won 33 games, Jack, and not bad with the yeah. team that we had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, had, had a chance to coach internationally. I've coached men, women. Uh, and uh, coached in the G League. But, but, but the collegiate basketball uh, opportunity had escaped me. So so I'm here now in Leesburg, Florida, 
It's a four-year accredited small private school, about 40 minutes outside of Orlando. Yeah. And, and, and the college really focuses on students with learning differences. So we, we deal with kids with, with autism, dyslexia, um, ADHD, ADD. And what most people don't know is that a lot of people don't get diagnosed, but there's a lot of people that have some slight learning differences that they're just not aware of because they just yeah. never got diagnosed. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a great coaching opportunity, as you mentioned, uh, our season has started. We got our first win the other day. We're one and two. And we come into Lansing, Michigan on Thursday. And we're going to be playing against LCC, wow. Lansing Community College. Mike Ingram was, was friendly enough to, to, to give us a game this year. <laughs> and, and then outside of that, we're just going to have a great time. Uh, we, we, we're yeah. we're going to host a learning difference clinic over at the McLaren Hospital, along with some professors from, from MSU. We're going to get a chance to get out and tour Breslin Center. Tom has just been fantastic with this opportunity for us. We're going to catch the game on Friday night. And then on Saturday morning, we're going to play against Dale Beard and the Sexton Big Reds in a little oh, <laughs> Love so, it. Love it. So, so we, we are coming into Lansing, man. We're going, to, we're going to have a great time. We're going to play a lot of basketball. And for me, a chance to get home and, and just be in the community right before Thanksgiving, I'm just uh, really, really excited about it. You are the perfect guy to coach a team like this, Sam. You talk about uh, learning differences. And I say if they're looking for a head coach, better you than Judd Heathcote. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't pound my head, guys. I, I, I don't do that. And, and, and I definitely don't turn red. I don't do that either. So, so. <laughs> But 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 I do scream a little bit. I, I do pound my feet a little bit. But you know, working in this community is is it's really been fantastic because I'm a coach that likes to do the underdog jobs. I just I, I like working with the underdogs. And 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 this population of kids has been the guys who have never made the team. They've always been ostracized. They've always been told they weren't good enough. They've always yeah. been. And so to get them in the gym and and love on them a little bit and tell them, hey, you can do it. You know, and if you do it like this, you can do it a little bit better. And if you do it like that, you might actually win. So, so to be able to give this population of kids the confidence and to make them feel good about themselves, uh, it's, it's a different kind of mission, uh, but, it, but it's something that I really enjoy doing. You know, Sean, you know, I think about the great combinations in Michigan State backcourt history. And, you know, uh -huh. you think of Ir Irvin Johnson and anyone, Irvin and his shadow, or, uh, you know, you got uh, Denzel Valentine and Gary Harris. But I think I'm talking to guys who have the two best backcourt combinations in Michigan State basketball history dating back to 1898. Uh, you had Sam and Scott Skiles and uh -huh. you and Eric Snow. I, I, I Honestly, when you said it, I said to myself, pretty amazing when we were all just, you know, just young men trying to, yeah enjoy playing a game and you never think about why you're doing it, that, you know, the type of accomplishments or the impact that you have, it's, it's still an honor. I mean, for me to be on a call, you know, with, with Sam and, you know, all the yeah. other guys we have, but, but mostly for Sam, cause I said, I mean, you know, there's people you model your game after. And, it, you know, as a kid growing up in Detroit, it's not all, you know, our, my, my, uh, uh, 
area of knowledge of basketball was only contained in that area. So to, yeah. to, to hear about Sam Vincent when I heard about him, this is before Steve Smith, you know, came along. This is you know, he and Skiles. It was it was it's a huge deal for me, Sam. My question to you, like you know, now you're coaching. Everybody, every coach doesn't make a great transition from old school to new school. What ha- what have what has allowed you to continue to be successful with understanding what old school strategies and tactics or minds you know sets to 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 keep and which ones to go to throw away as you transition with this new group of basketball student athletes? Well, I tell you what, Sean, that's that's a great question because you're right. You know, we we kind of played in an era that was a little bit more old school than than the current players that are playing now. And, you know, I think about some of the coaches that I had a chance to play for, uh, namely, you know, Coach Heathcote, definitely old school in how he taught the game and how he responded to players. And then I think about, you know, some of the NBA guys that I had a chance to work with, with Casey Jones, who was, you know, my head coach in Boston. And Casey was amazing. You know, he played the game. He was part of those championship teams with Bill Russell. So just just, just an, a, a fantastic mentor. And then when I got to Chicago, Doug Collins was the head coach, uh, but Phil Jackson was on the bench. And later in that year, uh, uh, Phil actually replaced Doug. So I've had a chance to play. Uh, with some inc- incredible coaches, and, and to learn, and to and to now use bits and pieces from all of those coaches, but all of the players. You know, I, I think you and I both have had a wonderful chance to play with some incredible players, and and there's just little things that you pick up, whether it's things in pregame or how they do drills or how they approach the game. So I like to think I've been able to take a little bit from everybody whether it was coaches or players, and I've been able to add all of that and combine it now to a system that I think is uh, it's pretty effective. Uh, it, it's definitely rooted in the old school system, uh, but at the same time, I try to be aware of what's happening in current day to make sure that, you know, these, these players are different. you got to be able to relate to them, and that means you got to understand how they're playing the game today. Sam, when you think about what Sean did in his career, and uh, you scored a boatload of points. I mean, even back in in high school, you know, you were over the 60 mark. But to think of a guy who led Michigan State in scoring four times and is the second uh, all-time Big Ten scorer behind Calbert Chaney in all games, but has the Big Ten record for the most points in conference play. What does that tell you? Fantastic. That, that in one word, just fantastic. And and you know, I'm, I I don't know how much of a historian I am, uh, Jack and Sean, but but I have looked back at the players' uh, histories that have played at Michigan State, and and during the time that that Sean was doing his incredible scoring feats at Michigan State, I was international. I was out of the country. Yeah, and so I, I didn't get a chance to see all of it, but but I saw enough of it to know that that his scoring ability was just fantastic, <laughs> and, and and obviously when you look back at you know all of the statistics, uh, it speaks for itself. So I've enjoyed you know I've enjoyed uh, just looking back at, at some of our guys and the remarkable careers that they've had, but but when it comes to scoring the ball, uh, um, he, he was the best. 
And so uh, much kudos and, and congrats to him because the things that he was able to accomplish, you know, obviously they'll live forever. Not only did you two lead the Big Ten score in scoring exactly 10 years apart, 1985 and 1995, Sean, that was your second Big Ten scoring championship. But you also were two players, and there, there weren't many on this list, who were really respected by Bob Knight. And I remember talking to Knight about some of the players that he had coached against. And, Sam, he really liked you, but he was really glad you didn't have a younger brother. Uh, <laughs> he had had just about enough of the damn Vincents. And, uh, Sean, we know what you did against him when you put up that 40 uh, burger. And then uh, you went through that greeting line at the end, and uh, he's congratulating you. And you apologize to him. Yeah, I, I, and I'm sure, Sam, you can say the same. That that dude was so intimidating to me, and I mean, he almost felt like like a, a, a like a, a, a truant officer or something. Like I, I, you didn't have to do anything wrong. His presence made you apologize just because he just felt like he like he just he was looking at something that if you if you didn't do it you were thinking about doing it and you just need to go ahead and apologize ahead of time <laughs> <laughs> you know both of you guys had the experience i was going to say the thrill but i'll say the experience of playing for judd and there were a lot of good things and there were some things i think every player who suited up for him would have probably changed but in terms of coaching Sam and Sean, what's one thing you learned from the old man that you've taken with you? Sam? Go ahead, Sam. I'll go first. Um, you know, I, if I were to say one thing, and, and there, were, there were many, honestly, um, I would probably pin it on the toughness um, that, that he approached the game with and that he instilled in the players. You know, there, there was a lot of times when, when Coach Heathcote and I didn't agree. And, yeah. and there were, you know, sometimes that he would use, you know, different tactics to, to shake you into understanding. It might have yeah. been language. It might have been posture. It might have been uh, uh, body language. It might have been tactics on the floor. But, but, but all of it was really an example of him to just try to help you grow as a player to get to the next level. Yeah. And, and and so I really believe it was the toughness that he incorporated in me from my years at Michigan State to go on, play hard, and be able to get to the league, but, but also now to instill that into some of the players that I work with. Yeah. I think back, guys, to uh, some of the things he said. Sean, go ahead. Give me, give me something that you took from Judd that while you were coaching uh, never left you. You know what? I, and – uh, Sam, I'm glad you, you, you kind of poked at it a little bit. One of the things that, for me, that helped me with my transition, as you know, I've, I've left coaching and uh, started working uh, in sales and worked with a big RV company, Keystone RV, based in uh, Indiana. And I've done two months now of uh, visits to dealerships. And the one thing I was so afraid of with my transition was not just the fact that I, my whole career, I've only, you know, dealt in professional sports, but the fact that, you know, being a, a minority in a business that is yeah. dominated by people that don't look like me, yeah, and and what transcends all of that is what I grab from coaches, being transparent, 
like to me, being yeah. truthful and being transparent is something that I don't care what color you are. I don't care, uh, you know, what brand you're talking. If people feel like they can see whatever they're looking at, that they believe what they're looking at, I yeah. think that's the, the real deal that coach, we knew what coach was. You don't have to like it, but you knew what you're going to get the next day you came back. He yeah. wasn't going to change. And and where but where he was doing it was coming from a place of love. It wasn't from a a place of darkness or hatred or anything. It's just exactly what it was. And you have to make the decision of how you're going to deal with it. And I appreciate that about him because that's the tool that I use when I go out here and speak to people. I don't know a lot about RVs, but I'm not ashamed to say it and try yeah. to fool people either. That that's helped me a lot. Right. Transparency, definitely, and I think uh, you always knew where you stood with Judd. Uh, you didn't have to guess, and uh, no one ever played for Judd Heathcote and got a big head. Uh, you know, he <laughs> held everyone accountable. I think back to what he used to tell us. Uh, well, the good news this year is I got everyone's back. And the bad news is I got everyone back. You know, I remember a, a guy you played with. Uh, Sam came back to the huddle and said, Coach, Coach, I'm open. And Judd looked up at him and said, There's a reason you're open. <laughs> you know, he, he did that kind of stuff a lot. I remember the year after you left, Sam, when uh, Scott Skiles, uh, in the midst of a lot of controversy, went in to see Judd. And, and Scott had really evolved as a player in that year. But Judd said, you better get your degree because you're not going to play pro basketball. And when Scott came out of that meeting, I was sitting in the, the little lobby outside his office, and you know how Scott could get. And the smoke <laughs> is just coming right out of his ears, and Judd came out of his office and winked at me. And he, he knew he had found exactly the button to push. So. Yeah, yeah. I think he told everybody, or maybe not everybody, but most of the guys that ended up going to the NBA, he yeah. told them they were never going to go to the NBA. And, and and that led to be the motivation that drove everybody to get there. So, again, he knew how to use his words. <laughs> I want to ask both of you guys about what we have tonight, and not the game itself. Uh, Sean, your career ended with a loss to, to – uh, uh, Duke. Uh, no, that was the end of your junior year, and then uh, senior year. We won't even talk about that one. Oh uh, yeah. Pl- I, well, listen, Jack. Before you, I just came back from a trip, Salt Lake City. I drove yeah. up yeah. north toward um, uh, Ogden, and so of course I passed by Weber State. I wanted to get. I wanted to drive that car off that freeway and just ram the whole Weber State purple sign and knock it down. But no, you're right. Like you talk about tonight's game against another blue blood, right? Yes. Yes. Games like this, to me, measure the growth of the program. You know, these are uh, every team has to start somewhere, and you feel like where Duke has uh, been for a long, long, long time. Yeah. That Michigan State has closed the gap, you know, and we, we've 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 chewed up more real estate now in college game. But tonight's game, to me, solidifies the idea that you know we we are still continuing to like try to make sure we secure our place because yeah. the, the the game has changed. These kids aren't staying as long as 
Sam and I stayed when we were playing. Right. So with right. the turnover rate so great, it is important that a game like tonight continues to solidify that your presence as one of the elite basketball programs have to be built on games like this. You can't wait for uh, game 30 or 25 or, or the NCAA tournament. You have to get games like this because you got a new crop of guys coming in next year. Yeah, and, and uh, Sam, you didn't get a chance to play in anything like this. Uh, didn't have the Champions Classic then. Didn't have Big Ten tournament for either of you guys. So, uh, you know, you had a cup of coffee in the NCAA tournament. But I want to ask you a little bit about this building. And, Sam, uh, you know it very well on uh, the Madhouse on Madison. And uh, what it was like when the Bulls really had it cooking. Uh, you were with Mike in that backcourt before they won the championship in the growth years. I'll never forget the game you had against the Pistons in the playoffs. Uh, that was one of the best performances I've seen by any guard, not named Michael. And uh, when you think about what it was like to play here at that time with the excitement, people knew that eventually the championship was probably going to come. Uh, you just weren't quite here when it happened. Well, Jack, you know, uh, th those were special years. They, they really were. Um, uh, not only because uh, it was Michael and it was Chicago and it was, the, you know, it was kind of the beginning of of us getting into the 50-game win column, yeah. uh, which they then later went on the year that I left to, to win a championship. But 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 being in the the uh, on Madison and and being in the Chicago Stadium during that time was it was fantastic because that that year we had Brad Sellers, we had Mike Brown, we had just got Scottie Pippen and and Horace Grant. And of course, you know Michael and Pac. So, so we were all kind of growing together. And I, and I had known Michael from the McDonald's All-American game, and we yeah. had stayed in touch. So the opportunity to get to Chicago and, and be a part of that team, uh, and and the night in and night out gritty work that the fans, the Chicago fans, love to see us put on the court. That that's always going to be a special time to me. And and, and so I'll I'll close just in saying that. You know, the opportunity to, to play with Michael um, and to play with Larry and, and to grow up with Magic has, has really just been um, something that I look back on now and think, man, how, how blessed, how incredible to, to just be on the court and in the presence with, with three of the, the, the greatest to ever, to ever play the game. And, and so now, guys, it's, it's 5.55, and my, my pregame starts at 6 o'clock, and I don't allow my players <laughs> To be late. No, you can't be so late either. They can't be late. I can't be late. So I got you, Sam. To, love talking to you guys. You guys keep it going, and I hope to see hey. you guys soon. I'll see you this week when you're back yes. at Lansing. I yes, look forward to you. it. I look uh, forward to it. Take care, guys. Take care, Sean. All right. Sean, Sean when I think about this building and you, uh, when you were a rookie in the NBA, Oh, and man. coming in, and, and you're playing against <laughs> Michael and Scotty here. Oh. And you can still hear mm. Ray Clay with that introduction and, uh, you know, the Alan Parsons project going off before the game. And then you had a chance to come back here and uh, coach on the yep. staff. Tell me yep. a little bit about how special United Center is to you. You know, the best thing, and you know, for me and my experience was, like you said, my first game playing against Michael was at the United Center. 
I remember the inbounds, side out of bounds. He catches it at the right elbow. Pippen takes it out. John Paxson's in the corner. He catches yeah. it with one hand. And he says, Pip, get out. I got a mouse. So I kind of looked around like, I know I know he ain't talking about me. I know he ain't <laughs> calling me a mouse. And uh, Paxson leaves the corner. Pip clears over the top. I'm isolated over there by myself on an island. <laughs> and he does he does his Harlem Shake shoulder thing. And yeah. and I remember this guy before, says, well, listen, I mean, no middle, right? We don't want yeah. him getting middle. Right. So as he as he does the move with his back to me, I'm getting low. I kind of take more of the middle away to his left, and he he spins right baseline. He takes one dribble. Now as he spins, he's not spinning, and you know I was I was a good size then, yeah, so he yeah, wasn't yeah. knocking me out of the way. So he spins and kind of bounces a little bit, you know, off me. Yeah, but he takes one one or two dribbles. And he gathers down there by that last big block on the free throw lane. And I'm saying to myself, you know what, I, I, I think I got a chance. If I, if I jump, get to the bottom of the backboard before he jumps, I, I'd be able to at least contest. <laughs> and so I, I fly down the lane, I jump, put both hands up toward the bottom of the backboard, and all I felt was his shoulders jump through my arms all the way <laughs> into a slam dunk on the reverse side of the rim. And I just oh. remember sitting there looking at myself saying, you know what, this this is this is just stupid. It's stupid to even think <laughs> that at any chance your guard Michael that you have a chance. So like at that point in time, I just I just I was in awe saying, This guy's out here playing at seventy percent. He's not even giving a hundred percent. And yeah. he's dominating but you wrap it back up to coaching it was an honor to be back in that building coaching you know for three and a half seasons um before COVID and just to have an opportunity to hear the stories from old teammates like Paxson like Bill Wennington like Tony Kukoc Scotty Pippen uh, uh Randy Brown Pete Myers those guys really solidified something that I think those of us that played against Michael they solidified that idea that you know he was the greatest, and we we can talk about the other people, and that's fine. But he was the greatest. If you listen to anybody that had a chance to re- to strap yeah. it up against him, yeah, as many points as LeBron scores, for people who saw Michael Jordan play, uh, it's going to be hard to ever take him off the top of Everest. Uh, Sean, what would have meant to you to have played in Champions Classics year after year against Duke, then Kansas, and Kentucky? And Duke again, what does something like that mean to a player who has a four- or five-year career? I think the, the best thing is that um, it allows you to have the greatest measure of, like, what you know, what players now uh, that are getting the opportunity to play beyond college, you know, what they look like. Because those programs are, are, are constantly recruiting top-level, you know, high school talent. Um, and you're getting a chance to showcase it. So I think those games mean a lot more for players who are trying to make an impact, trying to you know continue to measure themselves against other players who are considered the best. Um, the unfortunate thing, you know, with games like that though is you know with that type of atmosphere comes a great responsibility too. You can't go into a game and 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 not 
play the type of level you're supposed to play. So tonight's game is big because what it does, it solidifies Michigan State as a top-tier school. Or, unfortunately, if you don't play well, it shows that sometimes, you know, you guys are uh, in a position you're not quite ready for, and you got to yeah. get back to figuring out what you need to do to stay there. He is Sean Respert. The show is Beyond the Three with Sean Respert, brought to you by Krypton Secure Solutions. Sean, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Wish you could be here with me at United Center. want to thank everyone who helped make this possible. Our dual producers, Garrett Pog. He was with us for the first hour, and uh, he is handling uh, all of the engineering on site. And, of course, Alex Heward back at Spotlight. want to thank all of our guests. Everyone who was with us today uh, mentioned Deshaun Tate. He is our Lansing bred Atlanta-based basketball savant. Tate's Take Hoops, where basketball lives. Appreciate Lorenzo White. 56 carries for 292 yards. The game that sent Michigan State to the Rose Bowl exactly 36 years ago today. And my travel partner for almost all of those years, Steve Grinzel from Booth News Service and M Live. Also want to thank Sam Vincent, Michigan's first Mr. Basketball, and Sean Respert, the all-time leading scorer in Big Ten play. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everyone. Enjoy the Champions Classic doubleheader. Have a great night. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.